Hello, everyone. Welcome to Indie Artist Music Hustle with Blind Intelligence. I'm your host, Miss Ronnie, where I always seek to give you exquisite cranial repertoire. This week, we have a very special guest. We have indie artist Angelo in the house. Say hello to everyone. Hey, everybody. How you doing? <laughs> we're doing just fine. So what we're going to do is we're going to start out with letting you take over and tell everyone a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, hello. My name is Angelo P. I actually am from St. Louis and I am working on an album called The Ish. And I've released some songs that are basically R&B with non-secular lyrics, inspiration music, and motivation music. Okay. So how long have you been doing music as a professional? So I've been singing since I was five, but I actually met a group of guys in my college days when I went to the University of Missouri, which is Mizzou. Uh, they met me when I was 17. Uh, we decided to go ahead and pursue trying to get a career out of it as we were in school. And, um, you know, we had some opportunities. We got close to getting signed with uh, Interscope and uh, Def Jam. but. It just didn't give us the deal we needed to to quit jobs. And family started happening and life happened. And then this year I started, you know, I want to take advantage of, there's a lot of things that happen in this community in St. Louis with Mike Brown and then just all the different things. And I felt like with COVID, that was kind of the deal breaker as far as trying to get inspiration out there, people feeling good, being positive. So I decided to make songs dedicated to just good, feel good music. Okay. okay. I'll ask you this question because sometimes artists will give this answer based on how long they have been doing it. So at what point did you consider yourself a professional artist moving over from just doing it all the time? Because I had one artist to tell me that he considered himself a professional artist once he started paying for studio time. Once he started paying to get different things done, that's when he considered himself a professional. So at what point did you consider yourself a professional? So, um, you know, it's an amazing question. And what's interesting about that is the opportunities that have happened as I sang with my group. They were called Motre, which is three guys from Missouri. And as we started opening up for acts like John B., Joe, Drew Hill, Super Jam, uh, just different uh, concert series, and then practicing and recording. And eventually we did a mixtape with local artists, and artists such as Murphy Lee, uh, part of Nelly's Camp, uh, this guy named Fresh Cocaine. We did some songs with him and uh, Ozzy Smith. Um, well-renowned Cardinal, his son, Nico Smith, who was on American Idol. We did a lot of live concerts with them. And so it, at that point, when you know that you have the talent to perform in front of people and you know that you have the ability to stand on a stage and get radio play, that's when you know that you've taken a professional level. Well, I'm going to ask you this question. And this is just based on different things that I have observed. And I once interviewed a lady in the media 
and she was saying that it's good for like radio and TV to have like artists for promotional advertisement and different things like that. But at the same time, that artist is not trained in journalism per se and might make costly mistakes. So what mistakes commonly do you see artists make in the media? And how have you avoided those pitfalls or do you speak from experience? When you are working in a professional life and you're putting your, your music on a platform, you know, your image is important. And the, they say there's no such thing as bad press. But I see a lot of artists putting themselves in a typecast. They feel like they have to live to a certain reputation. Whether you're a rap artist, feel like he has to maintain a certain swagger with money or drugs or girls or women that feel like they have to overexpose themselves physically to get the proper attention. And maybe their talent is second to their image, but their image is typecast. A real artist will do the things necessary to please a crowd, but they'll make sure that they're respected for their art and their image will reflect the energy that they're trying to put in their music. And so the biggest pitfall I see is the lack of genuine artists trying to be consistent with their look and their sound. Okay. I was listening to the radio and I'm going to, I don't know how I want to word this question, but the reason why I want to ask you this question is because obviously you're a parent and how do you be in the music industry how do you feel about some things? Because, you know, I know most people are taught to accept people the way they are. But I was listening to a song and it was a popular artist. I did not agree with his message. He was saying over and over again, knowing that young kids listen to him impressionable on young children. How do you feel about mainstream music being able to slide subliminal messages in that I would say go against what you teach as a parent. Well, you know, there, there's kind of a double-edged sword with that answer because some people's brand isn't about trying to represent how they are as a parent. It's about creating a fan base to the energy they want to bring with their music. So I'll give no, you an example. No, no. No, what I'm saying is you being in the music industry and being a parent, how do you feel about some of the music going against how you parent? Absolutely. Um, as, as a parent and an artist, um, one of the reasons that I want to do music in the first place is because there's two parts of legacy and how you hear my sound when my kids, if I die, they should be able to hear my voice with my music. And the lyrics that I sing should remind them of things that they can relate to and pass on as a legacy. So when your music has tainted language and suggestive things that are for sale and not for legacy, then it, it doesn't create, to me, something that is organic for your family, your brand to grow on. You're doing it for a commercial purpose. Me personally, I want my music to be able to be repeated to where a young person, an older person feels connected to it because the sound is good. 
the track is good and the lyrics are clean to where they can respect it and play it anywhere but they also can understand the lyrics resonate with them so me personally i want my music to sound good and feel good and be respectful okay so my next question is with being an artist artists have to understand all the different facets of being an artist it's not just performing it's not just doing interviews and the way that things are moving now um i think that social media is taking over the place of tv so it's not necessarily that an artist can uh has to be on mainstream radio has to be on um television networks to be able to gain that popularity so there with i'm gonna say with youtube they call them the youtube streets and part of being an artist is getting people to blog about you getting people to interview you those different things so what do you think of the downside or the dark side of social media on your music career well social media has built a reputation of lack of regard for parental control lack of regard for who sees the content for example again we're in st louis in my situation somebody could be hurt in a car accident and instead of people respecting the privacy they're commenting about him, showing the video over and over again. And it's disrespecting that family. And so being a music person, your your music can quickly make people wonder what else does that person have to offer? And when they try to find stuff, it's like being a politician. They're trying to find dirt. They're trying to find pictures of you. What scandal can they do? Because now you're a public figure. So the challenge is to keep your image clean with the the people that play your music such as djs such as the bloggers the and make sure your business is good be professional be on time make sure there's no real reason the media has to drag your name and just keep your reputation clean um like i say like a pastor like a politician nobody's perfect but just trying to keep your reputation as good as possible and then being honest when something bad happens to where you know that's your past your your platform is different when you're putting yourself out there compared to what you did before you got to that point all right so tell me about the latest project absolutely so first of all i appreciate you having me on the show and uh, i love that smile <laughs> so uh, yes so i got inspired this year it was an amazing year and a lot of opportunities and uh, some of the clarity came to say, you know, I want to put out a brand that's separate from my music. And 2020 was a very tough year. A lot of deaths. It was Black Lives Matters, White Lives Matters. It was all kinds of different things. There still are those things. And I wanted to put out music that kind of helped connect people to what made them feel good. Good sound, things you can dance to, things you can resonate with, but you don't feel like that. You're alienated because you don't like a certain style of music. The music just had good content, good lyrics, good direction, but it hits on different areas of R&B, inspiration, faith-based. 
So the project, my latest single is called Faith Ish. The ish is the album, which means inner self healing. So there's a love ish, there's an energy ish, there's a hope ish. It's going to be 12 songs, and then it's going to come out on 314 Day in St. Louis. When the album comes out, every time somebody purchases an album, I'm going to donate $3 to help with foster care, youth ministry, and suicide prevention. And then my goal is to make those proceeds help those charities, in addition to starting a scholarship next year to help youth ministry and foster kids. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to ask, do you have a passion for children in foster care? And if you, if so, why? So uh, I actually grew up in foster care half my life, from 10 to 21. I was in the system. Thanksgiving is actually a very special day for me because that's the day that I was put in foster care. Um, my mother um, wasn't there. And my dad, I was born in Lincoln, Nebraska. Hadn't seen him since I was four. At 10 years old, I got taken away from my family because of my mom. She had a drug problem. So I vowed to be a clean, good role model for my family and start breaking generational curses. So my music is part of that platform to where I want to use my success in my financial world and parlay that into my music world where I could be a motivational speaker in a strong platform. Okay. So off your latest project, what song has the most meaning to you? And which one was the most difficult to get from how it was conceived in your head to how it was presented to the world? Um, so the first song that's on the project is Beautiful Inside and Out. And it's actually a song that I wrote about 10 years ago, but it's the first time that I decided to do a song without my group members. So getting the confidence to go to the studio and do your sound, not be a third of one song, but your whole vision is what got me to say, you know what, I have the confidence now to push forward. And I always wanted to do an album, not just a mixtape or an EP. You can't really get a Grammy off an EP. So I decided to go ahead and pursue an album. Um, so I would say the first song is always the hardest because you always can improve and meet people like yourself that get that critical feedback. And uh, the second song came from feedback. Um, Share Pro, it's a great opportunity to taste master your song, get different feedback, and then improve on the feedback that I got from the first song, which is a ballad, and say, hey, you know what? Make a song that's under three minutes and 30 seconds. Make a song that has a dance tempo that people can listen to, and then make a song that the lyrics are easy to understand and catchy. So that's, that's why. TikTok. I have gotten some music from people on there that has kind of like a good tempo but I can't really distinguish the hook. So if you're trying to gain popularity in that area where you want people to dance to it, you have to have a catchy hook. And one of the places that where you can really blow up on is TikTok. And so if you're looking for that type of audience, then you need to complete all the steps. So this is going to bring me to my next question. What do you think about independent artists 
Because there's a difference in not knowing and not doing. Not completing all the steps needed for success, such as releasing a song, but not having it virtually encoded. Because you can't go back and virtually encode it after you release it. So what is the purpose of actually putting out a product and not completing all the steps? What are your thoughts on it? So this is the, the trials and tribulations of being an independent artist and not being on a label. Being an independent artist, you're trying to be your own label, but it's like Shark Tank where you're you're showing you can create a brand and then you want somebody to populate your brand. So the first plan is you have to secure the product in itself. Copyright the song. Make sure it's a, if you have ASCAP or song secure. Make sure that nobody else is singing the exact song. Make sure your stuff is original. Um, make sure that you have a DJ kit. So acapella version. Have your instrumental versions. Have the radio version, clean version. So you can quickly release your music and have so it. For you from working with an independent artist if they skip those types of things well so the, the best thing about you having your own music is that you can always go back but your window is small once you put something out unless you're on a major label then you have to have a plan of what you want to do with your music so if you don't have a plan and you're just putting something out for feedback then there's really no point of putting out the song unless you expect for the song to grow. So that might that might mean that you have to do a second version of that song that has a better plan. Uh, come back with maybe you know a different track, maybe the same song, just say, "Hey, my remix was a better version of the first song because the lyrics are the same." And uh, that's part of the magic of you controlling your music. You can always kind of reinvent the wheel. You just got to give yourself a path. Okay. Well, I kind of interrupted you, but I'm gonna let you get back to telling about your project. Well, you know your questions are great. Um, <laughs> what's special about Faithish is that not only is it the second song, but it's a dual song. So it was hard to decide which way to go on the song. That I wanted to have a gospel feel or R&B feel, and I don't use the word Lord or God. It's technically, it's not a gospel song. It's an inspiration song. I wanted high schools to be able to play it. People that just didn't believe in anything, but maybe their mom or their cat. I wanted them to feel connected to the lyrics. And I wanted the song to resonate with anybody as opposed to feeling like it was typecast. Oh, it's a gospel song. I can't listen to it. Well, it's not quite a gospel song, but it is an inspiration song. So I made two versions of the song and I simultaneously released the song. And then I'm filming a music video. There's two versions of the music video that I'm filming on the fourth. And then before Christmas, I'm releasing both the new school version with three hip hop dancers and then the old school version that has 16 line dancers. So we'll have a TikTok. We'll have two versions of the video, two versions of the song. And then basically let people choose which one they like the best and hope that one of them pop, but not both. Okay, so I'm going to ask another business question then. Yes. When you get ready to release this video, do you use the same distribution that you use for your for your audio, for your video distribution, or do you use different video distribution? And tell the reason why. So the thing that's nice about music is that 
it's not just about the sound. The visuals is just as much a part of it. And if you feel like your song has an opportunity, you have to quickly follow up with something people can see. What's nice about things like TikTok and YouTube is that, or even Reels, you can create your hook and put a gimmick behind it, such as a dance or a change, or, and it can make your song be heard in a 30-second increment. That still counts as a spin. So getting college stations to hear it, that FM, that AM, that's all still real spins. The thing is, you have to make sure that you're getting credit for those spins. So when you go to ASCAP, you make sure your song is properly uploaded. Um, DistroKid, for example, will put your stuff on Spotify. will put your stuff on Apple Music within a week of you releasing your song. And so the video, now you can hit YouTube, Vivo, those different things that Vivo is actually free. But if you get the proper platform, your song could be pushed. So in this situation, the video is going to be professionally filmed and the song has been released. I'm going to do a TikTok challenge. And then by the time the video comes, there'll be a month of steam. But I actually do have an exclusive website that I'm putting out that's going to have the video content, the music content to where they'll be able to see it there, download it, stream it. And have an opportunity to just go straight to the source instead of oversaturating the video, hoping it picks up in other areas. I'm going to center it to where they go to my site and download the video and download the, the song and get more exclusive content. Mm -hmm. So is there any last words? I really appreciate you coming. Is there any last words that you would want to give? Anything about you, where they can find your album at, your social media handles and everything. Absolutely. So, again, thank you for this opportunity to speak and uh, have an interview. Uh, so my Facebook and my Twitter, my Instagram and my TikTok are all Motre Angelo. Uh, Motre Angelo, the group that I'm in and in my name. But Bella. my Oh, yeah. M-O-T-R-E-A-N-G-E-L-O. -E so, Motre Angelo. Um, as far as going forth, you'll be able to go to www.angelobmusic.com and you'll be able to see, get t-shirts, you'll be able to see the videos, you'll be able to download the songs. And again, when you buy the album, $3 is going to go from the $12 towards three different charities. But as you buy the songs... A dollar twenty nine, twenty nine cents will go towards one of those three charities as well. So all of those things are coming within the next two weeks. And as you as you can see, trying to make a, a nice difference in this community with positive music. Okay. You heard him. You can find his music on all major streaming platforms, right? Absolutely. And if when you buy an album or a single then you are donating towards um, his nonprofits of choice. And he has several that he has listed throughout the interview. Well, you can find us on all platforms. You can find the video portion on YouTube, on IGTV, and on Instagram, Tumblr, and LinkedIn. Uh, bye.